Under the Dome Radio initial reactions to episode six of season two, In the Dark, recorded August 4th, 2014. Thanks again for joining us on Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast and blog by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. This is episode number 34, and if you want to check out any links or show notes we might mention tonight, just keep in mind to go to underthedomeradio.com slash 34. Now, with this being our initial reactions episode, we need to have your thoughts and theories for the full discussion later this week. It won't be complete without your theories. So visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback, or just give us a call at area code 904-469-7469. And I am at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm at Troy Heinrichs. Glad to be with you this evening, even if it is buried under a pile of rubble in a secret tunnel that apparently goes to nowhere. Or does it? We'll need your thoughts, your theories for the fan feedback show later this week. So be sure to get those in. But before we even get to the tunnel, Wayne, let's talk a little bit of relationships under the dome. How do you think things are going to patch up with Joe and Nori as things progress? Do we have to talk about relationships, Troy? Well, do you ship Jory or do you ship, I guess it would be what, Jarby? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. But to, it, to answer your question honestly, yes, I think Joe and Nori are going to be just fine. What about Melanie and Junior? That seemed like a quite interesting pairing even though she technically hits on everybody she sees, according to Nori. So bizarre. I don't know what to think. Well, do they have to be a couple in order for the four hands to work based on our two couples, brother and sister and an outsider combination theory? Is it too late for me to root for Sam? (laughs) You want Sam and Melanie to get back together? No, 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 no. Is it too late to root for Sam to uh, finish his quest? Oh, you just want to get him all killed. So that way we don't have to worry about doing this anymore. <laughs> the relationships. Yes. Please forgive me. Oh, man. You are just one dark one this week, Wayne. Hey, it is related to a Stephen King novel. And before I forget, I need to borrow the Prius. Okay. Hey, that's not a problem. You can drive it all around town. That is, if you can see out the front window between the acid rain stains and now the dust stains that are all over it. If things are a mess, you would think under a dome, you'd be protected from a little more of this uh, nature stuff, but wow, what a crazy, crazy episode. Well, let's start there tonight with the dust storm, because I'd like to hear what the listeners think for our full feedback show this week, 904-469-7469. If you're in the States, or of course, feedback at underthedomeradio.com is the email if you want to send something in, or you can just comment on the show notes for this episode at the website. But my biggest question is, number one, where does the wind come from in that velocity? And number two, how much dust really got kicked up from the acid rain to make that much dust? You know, we must have seen it coming that the red acid rain was going to ruin the topsoil. We could have foresaw all of this if we were paying attention. If only we had a science degree. (laughs) 
Oh, how many episodes until somebody on the show um, kills the character of Miss Pine? Well, nobody can kill her unless she's a fourth hand. So we have to somehow figure out how she replaces Pauline. And then she's one of the original four hands. So then maybe those four hands have to die. I don't know if by some chance Phil Bushy is still alive. And if she happens to make a move towards Big Jim, uh, that'll take her out of the picture as well. Well, then the next topic we probably want to hear from the fans on is what do you guys think of Domocracy? <laughs> That's a good uh, title. Um, I'm usually all for it, but uh, I thought uh, Big Jim was getting a little snippy when he went up to Barbie and said, hey, Barbie, tell your girlfriend to chill with the whole voting thing, basically. I mean, we know that there's supposed to be a monarch in town and we know that Big Jim is technically the only one voted in to the Chester's Mill City Council. So because of that, does a vote even matter? Because Big Jim technically is the leader in charge. He is the de facto mayor, if you will. I'm going to go with you on that one, Troy. Good point. Um, I will just uh, let Big Jim go crazy and run the town there. <laughs> the... Um, you know, when they were doing the voting there in Jim's daily, I guess, almost daily town hall meeting there in the sweet Briar Rose when he's not at the church having a meeting. And we have Andrea Grinnell, I thought, with the dome quote of the week when she said, all in favor of Big Jim shutting up till this dust storm is over. Raise your hands. And it was pretty close to unanimous. Well, I thought Big Jim had the best line of the week. At the end of the episode, when he was talking to Andrea Cornell, and he said, well, you know, whatever I can do to lend a hand. Again, with the hands, it's a common topic on this show. Oh, man, no pun intended, right? Oh, yeah, right. No pun intended. The one thing that I really did like is that Andrea Cornell is getting a bigger play this season, really loving Dale Raul. But surprise return this week, we saw one John Elvis Skeet playing our good friend Benny but was kind of disappointed that they relegated him to kind of a background character. Oh my goodness. If you blinked three times, you would have missed it. And the poor guy is having trouble breathing under the dome. It's, it's too bad that one of our favorite characters we've been waiting to see all season when we finally do see him, he's the one that's uh, suffering the most from the dust storm. Well, you know, when you go skateboarding, you got to bring your inhaler with you. Well, you got to be safe. You know, you have to think ahead no matter what's going on on in or outside of the dome he's always prepared because he, he was getting out there to go do some more skateboarding doesn't matter what the weather's like right i mean if you forget your helmet that's one thing but to forget your inhaler that's like serious trouble there always have your inhaler when you go skateboarding don't worry about the helmet no and you I, gotta wear the helmet too <laughs> yes it, it's kind of one of those all of the above answers and in response to the whole dust storm I think I better buy my own mist dispersal system and keep it on hand just in case, no matter how much it looks like it was built out of Tinker Toys in two minutes. Yes, I really like the fact that my mist dispersal system comes with no assembly required. You just get a couple pieces of rope and you hoist it up there and boom, it's done. And next thing you know, within what, two, three minutes tops, the, the sandstorm's over. The weather is as clear as day and life can move on to another day under the dome regardless of the fact that the dome is actually two miles across or so based on some of the math we got from Joe in the beginning of the first season 
I, I'm a little skeptical of that one. That one might bring my rating down this week. And at least on the surface, so to speak, this underground behind the locker tunnel area is not as mysterious as it first appeared uh, last week because, you know, it's been built. I mean, there's framing down there and garbage. A lot of people in the past have been down there, but uh, not lately, it looks like. I wonder if the set of lockers in that part of the school were built later on and it kind of covered up the original kind of staircase that went down to this basement that apparently was part of the school at one time. Maybe it was a fallout shelter back in the day. And some of that kind of Chester's Mill history that you were talking about on our full episode last week, maybe that's coming into play where this used to be a fallout shelter from way back when. Yes, I would, for one, like to see some flashbacks going back to when the school was built. You know, kind of like how they did in the Back to the Future films we saw back when the clock tower was first built. So it'd be cool to see that, maybe see Chester's Mill in 1821, if that has anything to do with anything at all. But, you know, once they go underground, because we're all looking for Lyle, because Sam wants to kill him and Barbie wants to stop him, of course. And basically, Sam doesn't like Barbie interrogating him about Melanie and Angie. And they're just stumbling around. One goes right, one goes left. And then the next thing you know, holy green screens, Troy, it's an underground cliff. I know. I almost thought of the abyss when I first saw that. And I think that's going to be my theory. I'm going to try to work for this week because if you think about the abyss and the aliens that were living down there, because of course, when Sam goes over the edge, it looks like he just kind of just disappeared, just poof, gone. Like he didn't actually fall into the blackness. It looks like he vaporized. Or was eaten by a langolier. You never know. And that's an interesting topic too. How many people thought that when they were doing the shot kind of from behind Barbie and Sam out into the openness where basically you said kind of the opening of the cave before the drop off, how many people thought that that was kind of the shape of the mouth of the creature in the TV series it, because it sure looked like some kind of like monster mouth. And then if you look back down the tunnel, it looked like the inside of a kind of creature rather than a cave. If you ask me 904, 469-7469 or feedback at underthedomeradio.com via email. I'm definitely going to pay close attention to that shot when I do my rewatch in a day or two. Now, with that cliff being there, the, the big question to me is, did Lyle go down there? Did he have like a ladder or like we touched on last week, spelunking gear? I mean, if this is how Lyle... If this is where he went when he ran out of the cabin after Conkin Jr. on the head, did he go into that locker and where is he now? And was the locker the last transmission, if you will, in Pauline's diary? Maybe there is information in the diary that says what he needs to do next. He reviewed it and then went back and set the trap for Jr. I want to know. So the big question for next week is going to be, does Barbie consult the journal, the diary of Pauline before he makes his next decision, and which I assume is going to be go down the hole after Sam? I would think so as well, I, as far as going after Sam to at least make sure the body's really there. Uh, maybe have uh, Julia and if Phil's still alive, have them do an autopsy. But at the same time, I, I'm mostly wondering about Lyle. I know that he's a recurring character, so we're not going to see him every week. 
but he is the big mystery to me this season as far as because Pauline actually trusts Lyle, no matter how much uh, he seems to be crazy and how often Sam has mentioned that Lyle is totally crazy. Pauline trusts him, which means I think that we are supposed to trust him. Hashtag love is blind. Hashtag crazy, stupid love. I could keep going. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how Sam asked the question to Barbie. Who did you kill? Have you, you know, have you killed more than one person? It's like, if they only knew. I, I was thinking Barbie was actually going to give in and start saying, well, you know, I actually killed Julia's husband, you know, and that's why we're now in love. Well, and I thought there was a lot of great conversation between Barbie and Sam this week. And I'm going to go back to that rewatch. There was a lot of undertone and hidden meaning, I think, in that conversation. And of course, you don't pick up on it the first time. So I'm really excited to see the dialogue between the two of them, as I thought that acting was probably the best this week. Uh, you could say that as well as Andrea Grinnell's acting, I thought was really good to be, to be quite honest. Um, I don't know how much we can read into that conversation. And obviously we do need to watch it again, but I think Sam was doing a lot of lying or misdirection. And so it's going to be hard to see how much we can actually glean from that. But I thought it was really weird that Sam's basically trying to be a, a stand-up guy in a crazy kind of way, promising to kill himself after he succeeds in killing the rest of the four hands kids. <laughs> and that's the part that I was really excited about him saying, because that was really interesting to find out, is he really just bat crazy that he would carry out that kind of request, if you will, we want to call it a demand, but the fact that he's thinking about that, you know, is it a line or does he truly believe it? And I think that's where we have to figure out what are Sam's intentions? How much of this is just feeding Barbie misinformation Versus what he truly believes, because even though he's a Verdreau, he sure sounded like a Rennie. Like, this is what I have to do. This is what I needs to be done. You know, these are things Big Jim would say, not a Verdreau. That's a good point. And between all of the blood stains all over Sam's face and the blood stains all over Barbie's front and the back of his face, somehow between all the blood stains. Barbie was able to notice the scratches on Sam's chest that uh, were prominently displayed for everybody. So instantly he starts doing his inner detective and he's pretty much come to the conclusion that now we know who really killed Angie. May she rest in peace. Although we have our dome kid Scooby gang, the four hands, they're out to go find the egg. I thought that was a really interesting way to make the egg resurface. And then, of course, they touch the egg, you know, with instead of their hands, just like their index fingers in order wow. to activate it. And it really seemed like they were kind of making a ploy that, you know, hey, I came back. It took a long time, some 25 years. So Angie could potentially come back. So will we see Angie again sometime this season? I hope they do not go there in that particular fashion. I'm more into the almost like hauntings like uh, Dodie in the first episode of the season. Now that was genius. But of course, like you said, with the teenage Scooby gang, it's the old space egg by the fireplace trick. Because as you know, 
everybody looks better by the light of the pink stars and the pink obelisks. It was all very, very romantic and kind of spacey. So do you guys, the listeners, want to see white chalk paint all over the living room mapping out where all the stars were like they did the first time they touched the mini dome because that's basically what they referenced when they said, Hey, look, pink stars like last time, but more importantly, what about the obelisk? Why would the obelisk take such a a form shape there? Unless of course, we're going back to our outer space type theories where it's potentially a constellation that they have to point to. And is that what, kind of happens in that deep dark black hole is it kind of like a stargate if you will that takes you to this other planet those are great points because that obelisk like you said it's obviously very important and are we going to find out that zenith is a real place in their same plane of existence or is zenith maybe in an alternate universe i mean really now that under the dome this season has started to go all over the place. That is a more realistic um, expectation than when I first blurted out something along those lines last season. It's now a real possibility. We could be talking about another dimension or, for example, falling down that cliff behind the green screen. Um, is that the end? Like you said, did Sam just poof? Is he going to turn out to be safe and sound in Zenith or some other place. And perhaps that's how Lyle was able to escape. Well, we want to hear from you guys, the fans, the domies, the dome heads, all of you in Chester's mill, call us at 904-469-7469. You'll be included on our fan feedback show later this week, because I'm sure there's a lot of good theories out there. We want to hear from you or go to under the dome radio.com slash feedback. You can record your own voice right from your smartphone or computer using the record button on that page. Or of course, feedback at under the dome radio.com. If you're not the speaking type and would just like to send in your theory via email. Although we do love hearing everybody's voices the most of all. And of course you can comment on the comments on the show notes for this page at under the dome radio.com slash 34, because we'd love to talk to you. And again, you can join us in our Beamly chat room also under the dome radio.com slash beamly or of course facebook and twitter are out there feel free to connect with us so until that time later this week when we all get back together again i'm at troy heinrichs and i'm at wayne henderson stay trapped and safe under the dome under the dome radio Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.